שלום ליהודים, שלום לבני נוער, שלום לגויים. It's the evening of the fourth day, ערב י"ט בפרשס בהר בחוכוסאי תו, שנ"ג, 5783, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, May 9, 2023, So last week, the uh, anti-Semitic Hamitic Ishmaelites here, those in the Gaza Strip, fired off 100-plus missiles in hopes they would uh, murder some al-Yahud at random, do, as much damage, do much damage to their property as well, and also torment them. And I do mean por- torment them, possibly hundreds of thousands of Jews. One of the media carried the description of a family man in Zderot, But first, um, a word about uh, that town, which was uh, settled largely by Jewish refugees from Morocco, that is, from homicidal Muslim neighbors there, with a history of pogroms, no less than Ashkenaz. They didn't call them pogroms. Um, um, my book records these Arab riots for posterity. Stigot was built by the Israelis with money from Jews all over the world, built from scratch to create a working-class town, Uh, with decent housing, it was called into being in response to a fresh influx of Jewish refugees from North Africa in the mid-50s following the decolonization of Tunisia and Morocco, whose liberation from France endangered the Jews, who under the French had rights. With the French gone, they were now at the mercy of unmerciful Muslims. I first set foot in Zderot in 1965 when it was still largely a construction site Today, uh, the grandchildren of those Jewish refugees from Muslim violence are now experiencing Muslim violence, too. They now live a life of constant anxiety, thanks to the firing by Muslims here of projectiles at them in the dead of night and at other times with the intent, the hope of killing them. And even if uh, no Jew is physically harmed in any of these outbursts, the Muslims can still enjoy terrifying al-Yahud, forcing al-Yahud in the dead of night to jump from their beds in terror and flee into a bomb shelter. And that Israel puts up with this relationship is an enigma, even a mystery. The alleged superpower of the Middle East, after last week's latest barrage, uh, responded in a way that had many Israelis embarrassed and angry and depressed at the uh, typically tepid response using multi-million dollar warplanes and multi-million dollar helicopters to bomb and level inert buildings only. That's all they do in recent years. The last thing Israelis want to do, that is the IDF, is, is kill people to assassinate the heads of those behind the rocket launcher boys. Well, um, not that I personally think that is a solution, but Itamar Ben-Gavir seems to think so. He, he demanded, uh, after this tepid response, that Israel be the right-wing government people wanted. He's the one also, you remember, who wants to make prison time for the Muslim terrorists in Israeli prisons less comfortable, presumably because he thinks this will be a deterrent to future terrorists. Uh, he demanded also that he have a p- role in policy in the matter of how to respond to these rocket attacks, which is to return to a previous period in Israeli history when the government most certainly did engage in the most minimal kind of violence, which is assassination of individuals. versus a war waged by hundreds of, or even thousands of soldiers, which Israel cannot get into, not in Gaza anymore. There are two million Muslims there with guns all over the place. Sending the IDF into Gaza would be a meat grinder 
for us and for them. But there is a way to subdue Gaza, and that's to use the age-old siege warfare technique. You cut off the uh, food and water to the enemy, and you make him come out with his hands up. It is the most humane and bloodless of uh, tactics. We don't have the right or the power to subdue them militarily, but we do have the right to remove the enemy if we can do it peacefully from this strip of beachfront property. It's only 25 miles long, 5 to 8 miles wide. Uh, siege warfare uh, is the answer. Uh, it can force the people there to leave, cut off their supplies. Uh, I began with the thought that Post-religious Israelis have a relationship with the Muslims in Gaza that is simply pathological, virtually masochistic. It's a relationship unique in human history. Two communities are in violent conflict in which one side fires deadly rockets into the other side, sends incendiary balloons to destroy the other side's agriculture, with the targeted people supplying the aggressor every day all the necessities of life, enabling him to survive and fire off these rockets. Israel has to tell itself and world anti-Jewry that we are no longer under any moral obligation to support these sub-civilized savages who attack us like this. God exists as the greatest welfare scam in history. There's nothing in that strip to, to sustain so many people. 70% of them there are on the Unwa Dole, funded by world anti-Jewry, by foreign governments, in countries with a record of anti-Jew cruelty, and this is the way they do it now, they directly and indirectly fund NGOs, whose presence in Ghana is another, Gaza is another source of income. Without these outside contributions by Goyim, who support the Muslims there, the Muslims there who smile on these rocket barrages, there would be no Gaza Strip, no headache, no attacks. Uh, only with the state of Israel, afflicted with a surfeit of... Uh, Civilizing guilt pathologically leads the pack. Without Israel's daily caravans of semi-trailers packed with consumer goods uh, and without uh, Israel allowing Qatari Arabs to enter the Strip carrying suitcases bulging with millions of dollars in cash, there would be no Gaza Strip as we know it today. Last night, Israel attacked Gaza in a, in a way to please Ben Gvir and others. Uh, they exterminated three Islamic Jihad headmen. Not PLO, uh, not Fatah, but Islamic Jihad gang leaders. Israelis, are you listening? Islamic Jihad gang leaders. The enemies call themselves Islamic Jihad. But you call them Palestinian terrorists. The actual name is a religious concept, the latter a political, non-religious uh, dimension of life, politics. So last night... Within seconds, Israeli aircraft exterminated three Muslim murderers in their three separate locations. Some 12 others died, but that can't be helped because the barbarians have no concept of soldiers versus civilian non-combatants. They live surrounded by non-terrorists. As usual, such IDF aircraft also demolished more buildings belonging to this cancerous cell in the human body politic, these Muslim terrorists. Islam is an ideology a set of ideas, beliefs, and values as toxic to humanity as German nationalism, German national socialism, and, and Soviet Bolshevism in the name of uh, the far left, socialism, communism in the 20th century. A hundred million people perished in mass starvations and wars. In Ukraine, uh, Stalin ordered up the, the millions of people there to die by starvation. Uh, people who, were, uh, who disagreed with him found themselves in the gulag to die. 
and the victims in China, millions of them, of Mao Zedong. In Vietnam, there was Ho Chi Minh, Pol Pot in Cambodia. Islam, no less, is a totalitarian enemy of free people, of liberty, the freedom of the individual. Totalitarians are enemies of the uniqueness of every individual, which the Torah teaches is in the first verse, verses of the text, leading to the emergence of man. Before man is born, that is for six days, every living thing Hashem creates is created in multiples. Trees, fish, uh, land animals. When it came to Adam Arishon, the first man, Hashem made only one. And to this day, every human being born is unique in his or her DNA. His fingerprints are unique. The, the, the design of his eyes are unique. What totalitarians want is for everyone to think, as the leader does, the great crime is being an individual, thinking for yourself, living your own life. So Israel last night returned to a so-called targeted killing which, of course, in the long term, is no solution to the problem because three beasts uh, on two feet last night were eliminated and they will be replaced. And the behavior will not change. This has no effect on the future, which is why the only solution is uh, an age-old contest over territory. Israel has to finally tell the world, hey, we are the legal landlords of the Gaza Strip and we have the right to evict these homicidal squatters. Problem is, Israeli uh, narcissists suffer from an excess of mercy. They are too quick to assimilate the guilt thrown at them by the Goyim and feel some responsibility for the welfare of these Muslims in Gaza who never stop trying to murder us at random. They never stop. These last two decades stop from terrifying Jews who have to jump out of bed every time they hear the air raid siring. And they must trank, and when they're outside during the day, they must triangulate the nearest place to run to run for their lives, to seek shelter. It is pathological of Israel to maintain this sick relationship with these brutish Muslim beasts on two feet.
And that was Yehuda Glantz. So, to be clear, it was good that the IDF eliminated three more Muslim murderers uh, in the name working for Islamic Jihad. In fact, the first name of one of them is Jihad, was Jihad, Mr. Jihad Ranam, who horrified the whole country in 2004 when in Gaza he raked a passing car with machine gun fire. The car was driven by a pregnant Mrs. Tali Hatuel, a wife and a mother to her four daughters who were sitting in the back seat. The car was raked with gunfire by this barbarian, and he murdered them all. For him, in his own eyes, he, of course, was executing a religious obligation, murdering Jews. That animal on two feet slaughtered all of them. Well, last night, he was finally executed. One of these three enemies of civilization, the IDF, packed off to Muslim paradise. Indeed, the Islamic Jihad organization called the three martyrs, that's a one who dies for the one true faith. I've listened to Muslims tell me to my face that Islam is the correct religion, which, by the way, is not necessarily offensive or even necessarily obnoxious. I, too, believe the religion of the Jews is the correct religion. The difference between us, of course, is not that belief, but the Islamic belief that they have the right to force you to believe what they believe. It is the mindset of a totalitarian who cannot tolerate the existence of different beliefs and opinions. I believe Judaism is the correct religion and have reasons, not just blind faith, for thinking that, but I have no mandate or even desire to get non-Jews to agree with me. Islam is a culture which smiles upon doing to Tali and her children what was done to them by this subhuman spirit of a man. These Ishmaelites are defective human beings for being slaves of their appetite for what does not belong to them and no guilt to inhibit them from acting on their appetite. The Muslims overran Yerushalayim in the year 638 and when they confronted the site of the Jews' two temples, uh, they claimed the site for themselves, even though the Jewish people still existed. And to this day, they are obsessed with acting out their hunger for the Jews' temple. This is what's behind, by the way, the chronic hysterical cry that Israel wants to demolish Al-Aqsa Mosque. In 1929, Khajamin stoked the Muslims here with the lies that the Jews had set fire to Al-Aqsa and murdered 500 believers. This ignited three days of Muslim savagery, taking the lives of 137 Jews and wounding even more. In the year 2000, Arik Sharon walked past Al-Aqsa Mosque, which believers experienced as a challenge to their ownership. And so uh, the uh, Israelis called what happened next the Second Intifada, far bloodier than the first, which then, by, by the way, the Muslims do not use. They don't call it the Second Intifada. It's called the Al-Aqsa Intifada. And for two years running now, the Muslims stir up riots here to provoke Israelis into police action on the mount that licenses the rocket boys in Gaza to launch their deadly missiles. It is a constant expression of their fear that Al-Yahud wants to take back what the Muslims took from them. For this was the lifestyle of Ishmael's uh, way of life, uh, the nomadic armed robbers who they became, uh, who also attacked fellow nomadic tribesmen, carrying off their women, their goats, and their camels. 
in the knowledge that when the victim tribe got back on its feet, they would counterattack to take back what was stolen and even more. It was a way of life for these outlaws, that is, people who lived outside of laws, which commonly are written down, read and lived by, if not by these illiterate Arabs, who remained illiterate for some 2,000 years after the Israelites began living according to the hundreds of laws that Moshe wrote down, dictated by God. So, we began this week with displeasure at the government's response to the 100 missiles last week, with Ben Gvir saying he and his faction would boycott the government and Knesset committee meetings. He was threatened by Likud with dismissal, and he said, go ahead, go ahead, fire me. He also volunteered to address today the anniversary of the founding of what became the EU, the European Union, the EU that ultimately um, canceled their meeting today rather than let him speak there. The EU embassy here issued a statement, quote, we do not endorse the political views of Ben Gvir or those of his party. His views contradict the values of the EU. And I say, that's rubbish. And yet, at the same time, really, the truth, EU represents Europeans who have a long record of hostility to Jewish people versus Ben Gvir, who cares only about the Jewish people, and he sheds not one tear for our alleged victims, the ancient Palestinians. Versus Poland and Hungary, by the way, they issued a statement against the boycott of Ben Gvir. Uh, they wanted to see him at the anniversary ceremonials, uh, citing the letter did the 1961 uh, Vienna Convention on Diplomatic Relations, according to which uh, members do not interfere in the internal affairs of a host country. The EU has no right to dictate to Israel who is and who is not fit to be a minister in Israel's government. I'm no fan of Itmar Ben-Gvir, uh, but his style is not the issue. Uh, the content of his views I can share, if not his tactics, his behavior. I feel no obligation, like him, to care for the welfare of non-Jews in this country, and that's because they have brethren and soulmates elsewhere. You know, a man may love uh, the son of his neighbor next door, but no more than he loves his own son. It is human nature to love one's family more than the stranger especially a stranger who does not share your culture, your beliefs. I have no desire to deprive Muslims of their faith. I do desire they let us Jews have the freedom to live according to our faith on this land, where so much of our history took place, for which we are named, and so important, land that we, not them, brought back to life. Every scrap of historical evidence from the past tells us that without the Jewish nation in residence, the country was a desolate wasteland. American writers Herman Melville and Mark Twain were here in the 19th century. Others from Europe came as well, and they all had the same experience. They encountered no Palestinian nation here. And so the claim uh, that this, these are the Palestinians is bogus. It is fraudulent. And it's tragic how Israel's post-Jewish ruling class has assimilated this lie. If I were younger, and an activist type, I might start a campaign to convince Israelis to stop calling these people Palestinians. Stop referring to Palestinian terrorists and start calling them jihadis. Last night, the IAF did what was done numerous times in the past, which was to uh, exterminate some leaders of this rat pack of a culture that celebrates cold-blooded killers. 
And that was Simply Tzfat. And you're listening to the program program on phantomnation.com. Well, there was some good news today, also instructive news, and that was the current U.S. Ambassador Tom Nides says he's quitting. And I say instructive. He is, on reflection, an example of American Jewry. His service here exposed him as an excellent specimen of Jews in America who do not live Jewish lives. He seems to have been invented by an AI, an artificial intelligence or something. He's a walking species of American Jew whose every pronouncement on Israel has a subtext. It's the same subtext, which is, regardless of the manifest content of an issue in question, the subtext is always, I'm an American and no one must think I have any loyalty to the Jews in this country. Nides is a textbook model of a State Department Jew boy like uh, Daniel Kurtzer, Martin Indyk, Dennis Ross. In the manner of the high court reform here, which is outside the boundaries of international diplomacy, which commonly deals with economic matters and political alignments, Nides opened his yap and told the media that he talks to Netanyahu as he talks to his kids. Step on the brakes in the matter of this uh, reform. Find a consensus. Slow down. When the selection process of judges and their outrageous theft of power in this country is a domestic matter that is none of his business. And in an appearance uh, early in his term uh, at the leftist Americans for Peace Now, he said, quote, We can't do stupid things that impede us from a two-state solution. We can't have the Israelis doing settlement growth in East Jerusalem or the West Bank. This infuriates me, close quote. But who is we when he talks like this? We can't have the Israelis doing settlement growth. The we seems to be we Americans have the right to talk to the Prime Minister of Israel as a scolding parent. He also said that although Jerusalem is the capital of Israel, there's no reason other states couldn't claim it as their capital too. The final status of Jerusalem would have to be decided by the parties, close quote, which, of course, contradicts what happened under President Trump, who made the decision that this is our capital. The Jews have been pining for this city in their prayers daily for thousands of years, and here is this legal Jew smiling on the Muslims, claiming it's theirs too. This is a Jew, this Nides character? No, I think not. He also, as soon as he took up his post, supported Biden's desire to reopen the Fatah PA embassy in Jerusalem. As I said before, he's a model for the millions of legal Jews in the States now drained of any Jewish identity. I remember uh, what he said when he first arrived here. He described his family, quote, We are not religious, we are reform, (laughs) which I know all too well. The so-called reform movement has so reformed Jewish belief and behavior it is no longer recognizable as Jewish at all. Nides is a wonderful specimen of this community. He himself married a non-Jewess. When the Jewish value of a Jewish man marrying the right kind of woman goes all the way back to Abraham, who was worried that his son might marry a local Canaanite. Likewise, Rivka, his daughter-in-law, she sends... Yaakov away, her son, to save him from his raging brother, but also on the pretext um, to find a proper wife, uh, like Abraham's servant went for the same task. Nides married a Gentile woman, uh, like all my cousins, nephews, all of them. 
and I reason my family's story is not unique, but representative of millions of Jews in the Golden Medina, America, the Golden Land. Jews building homes in Jerusalem and East Jerusalem infuriates this legal Jew, who is not Jewish in the slightest.
And that was Daniel Ahaviel. Okay, this has been podcast number four in the latest series of six weekly podcasts of Phantom Nation. The title is Well of a Book of the Same Name, sponsored by Floridians for Israel Institute at gmail.com. More than one reader has called it the best book ever on the war against Israel by Islam, currently camouflaged as the putatively primeval Palestinian people about whom there is nothing Palestinian. Also, check out my latest essay on the AmericanThinker.com site, this one entitled The Sinister Anti-Semitic Two-State Solution. Until next week, I'm Shai Bentakoa.